This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, ha- send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum, and somebody had asked a question about Indio, and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, so that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast. I'm Steve Anderson, uh, along with my co-host here, Ryan Deeds. And uh, Ryan, we're uh, at the Operaland Hotel here in Nashville, Tennessee, where uh, both of us have been spending the last few days uh, at the Applied Net Conference. Um, Feels like we've been living here. Feels like we've been living here. Yes. I think for both Ryan and I, we live locally, so we're we're driving in, not actually staying at the hotel, which sometimes is good and sometimes is not. That's Those right. Late night dinners sometimes get a little uh, yeah, a little late headed headed home. Yeah, so it's time to go. Come on. Yeah, it's, it's always awkward when you stay at the place that you're like in your because do you go home or do you stay at the hotel? I stay at the hotel, and yeah. you know, I I I certainly travel a lot. You're starting to travel mm-hmm. a little bit more, and so uh, being at home in your own bed is uh, yeah. kind of nice. So. Yeah, I used to fall asleep on the recliner sometimes, and now I'm like, oh, heck no. Yeah. I go to my bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, what we uh, want to talk about today is uh, um, the first day of the conference is actually an extra day where agency owners can come in, and it's called the Executive Management Program. It's actually an additional fee uh, in addition to the conference fee. Uh, and uh, Ryan and I both had the opportunity to speak there, and I think we were both uh, very impressed with the owners that were there and the agencies and kind of the vibe in the room because they really were engaged and and looking at okay how can we maximize uh, the technology certainly but maybe more importantly what are some of the management and leadership principles and changing consumer and you know a lot of things we've talked about in the industry so earlier episode, Ryan talked about his uh, presentation. I'd, I'd actually like to take a few minutes to go through what I did. I uh, had the opportunity to be the last speaker and kind of, you know, wrap up what uh, what a lot of speakers talked about. And it, what I did talk about was um, really creating a digital transformation uh, plan, or what I call a roadmap. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important for agencies. You know, Ryan, you know this. It, Agencies are getting inundated with new information. So much. The velocity and just how much there is and what's pertinent and what's not and what's actable and what's not. I mean, it, yeah. And, for, and it really is the question, okay, how do I, one, filter through this? Mm-hmm. Two, how do I know what I need to do? Right. 
A three is how do I kind of ignore what I don't, That's right. right? So how do I look as an agency owner, uh, management team, you know, th those people are responsible for really strategic direction in the agency and where th things are going in the next year, two years, five years, and even 10 years, even as hard as that might be to think out that far. Right. Um, you've got to have that mindset now so you have a process to filter all this new stuff coming in. And it takes a while to get that process. It does. Right? Because it's I mean, not a once and done. And no. frankly, I've got some suggestions here. I've got six steps I want to talk about, but even that's not hard and stone concrete because I may in a few months go back and say, you know what, let we need an extra step or this step is we don't need any more. I mean, it's But this, could be dynamic. A, this is a starting place for an organization that they could say, okay, we don't have any clue how to tackle this thing, right? right. We're gonna we're gonna take this the, these steps and we're at least gonna start down the path, and you may very well and probably will change them and adapt them to your own unique situations. Right. You won't ever be able to change and adapt them to your unique situations though if you don't get started on the path. Yep. You know, so you gotta start. You gotta start. And so I think it's a I think the way you lay it out is is awesome for agencies, and I think that it will, like you like like we know we have to have the conversations. Yeah, I think so too. So um, so step number one. Uh, what I call understanding trends. Uh, and a lot of this comes from uh, a gentleman I've read and, and um, uh, kind of followed for, oh, probably 20 years now, Daniel Burris. Uh, his latest book is called The Anticipatory Organization. And one of the things I like about Burris is he really does look to the future. And one of his main points is you can predict the future by looking at hard trends and soft trends. So that, that's sort of the, the concept that's, that's there. And so hard trends are things we know are gonna happen. They're actually pretty much in stone, concrete. We can look at the trend and go, yeah, this is gonna happen. There's no way it's not gonna happen. That's a hard trend. Soft trends are things that might happen that could be changed. You could see a new technology, something else coming in. So, Can you give me an example of a hard trend and a soft trend that you see today? Yep, absolutely. So uh, hard trends actually are pretty, in some ways, pretty easy. So a hard trend is demographics. Okay. All right, so we talk a lot about aging current staff, aging owners, producers, and uh, account managers, and the issue of bringing people in. Well, frankly, that's a hard trend. Mm -hmm. People don't stop aging. That's right. Right? And so we could have, had we been looking at those hard trends 10 and 15 and 20 years ago, have predicted what's gonna happen and then started maybe strategically taking steps Figuring for what, to do, what to do, what do we need to do now to prepare for 20 years from now, right? And sure. most people think oh, you can't predict 20 years from now. Well, in some ways you can, if you can think about the separation. Well, so I mean, it does, if, if I'm looking at hard trends, so the demographic is an absolute, right? Well, in my brain, there are certain absolutes that are gonna happen. Like automated vehicles, as I look at it, automated vehicles, in 20 years, I believe that they will be all over. Is that a hard trend or is that a soft trend? Um, I think that's, so uh, part of that is hard trend and some of the specifics could be soft. So what really will a, Autonomous will it, be a shared vehicle. will it be shared? Will okay. it be Uber? Will it be so? There's a lot of variation okay. in terms of how that can be. But we know that, that there is going to be a change 
There's going to be a change today. Correct. With with everybody owning their own vehicles and kind of driving themselves to 20 years from and, now, and, there will be some kind of adjustment. Yeah, and and frankly, the the soft trend of that is what will that actually look like? Okay. Will it be a subscription? The nuances. Model? Will it be okay. the Uber? Okay. So I don't need to buy a car anymore. Or they come up with something else cool. Or they come <laughs> up with something else cool. Um, an, another hard trend is government regulation. Mm-hmm. Is that going away? No. No. Uh, is it getting more? Maybe. That's certainly been the trend. But the hard trend is we are going to have regulation. Uh, the soft trend may be, okay, what does that actually look like? So the nuances inside that, the, the things that it affects on a year-to-year uh, basis are going to be my soft trends or my hard trends are, we're going to have to deal with regulation. We need to make sure we have conversations about regulation. We need to be talking about and, how and, that may impact. And part of that, may, in my mind, is with specifically regulation, we need to be better as an industry partnering with the regulators because actually they're facing the same issues we are from a regulatory environment. How are they going to regulate when there are autonomous cars? When I think the pressure on them is immense. Yes. Because I I don't think that's a fast moving... There, there's there's so many different little nuances that it's hard to move that quickly, and so and everybody wants them to move quickly. Yeah. No. So the absolute hard trend is that government okay. regulation is not going away. Got you. Now a soft trend, kind of separate. So I, I do think there's some nuances there in the hard trends. Uh, a completely soft trend is, what's your phone going to look like in ten years? Okay. Who knows? Who knows? I have a, a I mean, chip embedded in my arm I, if I could have it. Uh, or it could be you know there's there's this trend in phones of getting bigger. Right. right, we got smaller. Now we're going to get bigger, but holographic display out of my wrist. It could be, or go. even no display at all. Right, and I think that's what we're starting to see with Alexa and voice computing mm-hmm. and right those personal assistants where we just ask for what we want, and it's done. Soft trend is a phone. We don't know what's going to happen right, there. No clue. A lot of variation. Lots of things could change. So you don't want to, you, you don't want to be BlackBerry. Sure. Who says people are going to always want a keyboard on their phone? Right. That's just not true. Right. As somebody else says, <laughs> somebody else showed us another way. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, absolutely. I exactly. get that. That's totally so, so that's sort of a first step. Looking kind of okay. What are hard trends? What are, what are soft trends? And you know, part of what I talked about, and I'll do this quick, but is what I call kind of the risk dilemma cycle or the technology cycle, which is how technology really kind of grows up. So first, everything's being digitized, right? Everything's getting to ones and zeros. Even our genetic code Absolutely. is being digitized. So that's a, I would call that a hard trend, mm-hmm. actually. We, we know that's going to happen. Lots of reasons and, and implications to that. And then a lot of technology that kind of grows out of that process is deceptive, meaning blockchain. Right now, lots of work going on. Uh, one of the weird things I follow is patent filings. Mm-hmm. I mean, tons of patent filings around blockchain. And in our industry, tons of experiments, live, real things going on experimenting with blockchain. But for agents and brokers, you know, they one, can't hardly get their mind around what it is. Sure. And two, how it's going to impact them and or their clients. How does it make it better today, right? Yeah. Today, there's not an easy way to see it make it better but as they experiment through that right and find that and that's sort of the deceptive phase oh blockchain that's irrelevant mm-hmm. so you ignore it until the next phase disruptive right all of a sudden there's a use case there's a somebody has come up with this is the next best thing and and people go where'd that come from 
I feel like machine learning is in that phase right now. I mean, decades of research and work around machine learning and using algorithms and all of that kind of stuff. And it seems like the last year, two years, we've just seen this explosion Absolutely. of conversation. So deceptive and then disruptive. Well, I think it's funny because in your speech, you'd indicated, you'd ask the audience, you know, when did AI start? Yeah. And it, and it, and it has a very long history. 60 years. Yeah. yeah. 60 years. And people are shocked. That's right. But it, it was for 40 or 50 of those, it was kind of those. The computational power back, wasn't there. It wasn't all kinds of things. Right, that were limiting the impact Limiting of that. what right. could be done or how fast it could be done. I mean, I even look at a voice recognition. I've tried to use voice recognition for, I bet, 30 years. And those really early, they were really bad. Dragon naturally speaking. Oh back man, in the day. I got, I think I was like version one or two, and you had to pause yep. after every word. <laughs> yep. And now I have it on my phone, and it's spectacularly accurate. Right. Right. But processing power, right? A lot of things came together to to make that. And the digitization, like you're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Everything becomes digital. Um, so next is dematerialization, which is your phone. You know, I think I asked the question, how many devices did your smartphone replace? And I've counted 30, I think 32-ish. Right. And a little debate about some of that, but certainly camera and GPS and uh, recording and watch. watch and alarm clock. And I mean, so all the things that, so it's becoming dematerialized. Mm -hmm. The other example of that is Craigslist with classified ads mm -hmm. that pretty much I want to say destroyed impacted the newspaper, heavily the revenue. impacted heavily the revenue for newspapers. Right. And so a lot of that struggle came out of that's an example of dematerialization, taking it away and then democratized, making available to everybody. So when all this happens, then it's kind of like information wants to be free and you can get it anywhere. And so that impact and then finally democratization, which is it's available to anybody everywhere. And so that cycle, I think, is, is helpful. I hope is helpful at least understand, you know, what's happening and, and how it's happening. Um, so I talked a lot about, you know, hard trends and soft trends uh, in that. So that, that's step one, right? So I could talk a long time <laughs> about that because I do think it's uh, helpful and, and important. So step two is focus on transforming processes. And I think that's, I think there's two sides to that. I know you and I may come at that from a couple of different, you know, two different perspectives in terms of incremental change versus transformational change. And as we look at clients and expectations and other industries and what they're bringing to the table, we, we, we need to focus, I think, incrementally changing bit by bit, so we build that culture, which you talked a lot about, uh, innovation and change within the organization. But transformation is completely thinking differently. Not let's improve what we've always done, sure. but let's ask the question, why are we even doing that anymore? And so for me, the example of that right now is paper. Why, why are we tied to paper. still so tied to paper. What could we do, even within our own operations, to transform that whole process? Well, that, you know, it, it, that takes culture. culture. And 
our, most of our cultures are resistant to any change, much less transformational change. Well, and I think that's why, I think if you look at an existing agency that's been around for 50 years, they have incremental change because transformational change is so difficult. Where if you have a brand new agency coming out, like you look at ABD, mm -hmm. I would say they are transformational. So a ABD Insurance Solutions is in California, mm -hmm. started six yeah, years ago? Not, long, not, not very long. long ago. And, and they were able to rethought every process within the agency yeah. to why do we have, why, let's not do it the way it's always been done, right. let's transform it into something let's different. Let's think about that purposefully. Correct. Right? Let's think about each one of these purposefully. And so I think, in, and that's why you see some of these carriers standing up, little, little businesses that allow them to kind of do that overall transformational move because they understand that the incremental moves are going to take them a long time to right. get there. Yep. Yep. I think that's very, very true. So and I think that's part of it. it, not just thinking incremental, but how can we transform something? Mm -hmm. So step three, cultivate curiosity. And uh, we kind of crossed over because I think you and I both think of that. Cultivating innovation, for me, it's cultivating the curiosity that can lead to innovation and asking the questions, why? Right. Why do we do it this way? And not just asking why once, but actually I like the idea of asking why at least five times. Well, why do we do it this way? Why, do, why is that? Why is that? Mm -hmm. I mean, really going back to, and you and I both have heard this, you know, a lot of times nobody even remembers right. why a process is done, but it's institutionalized and no one questions it. Well, and it, I'm afraid if I stop doing it, something's going to break. And then you find out that nobody else knows about that that person was doing, doing it for and, 10 years. Yep. And so, yeah. so, you know, one of the... Um, things I've been doing is a, a, a really deep dive research and writing and thinking around Amazon and what made them so successful. Are there some principles there? Well, Amazon has 14 leadership principles and, and I highlighted just a couple of them. And in terms of cultivating curiosity, this principle I think is really important. The principle is called learn and be curious. And the description is leaders, so these are leadership principles, Leaders are never done learning and always seek to improve themselves. They are curious about new possibilities and act to explore them. Love it. And I love it. Me too. I mean, because it's... It ties into what we talked about in our leadership podcast yep, as well. Right? Exactly. I mean, it comes from them. It comes from them. Yeah. And certainly as leaders, if you're not curious and if you're not cultivating that, you know, your staff... You're diminishing it. You're diminishing, yeah. and you're diminishing the potential for improvement in your organization because your staff, the people at the desk who are doing the day-to-day -day stuff, absolutely can be your most creative people if you create a culture that That's allows right. them to do that. That's right. you got, you got to groom it. you yeah. got to grow it. And that means, actually, you've got to entertain some really crazy ideas that actually are pretty stupid. That's right but you don't want to squash them like that'll never work. You want to probe through it, help them understand how to think about this idea or that idea or why it won't work or maybe you're wrong. Maybe it will work That's if we right. do this tweak or that tweak or this, you right. know, something. But yeah, I think if they tr track that down and figure out why it won't work on them themselves, that's a much better play than if uh, you just shut it down. Right, yeah, absolutely. So step four, Redefine and reinvent products and services. Uh, so that for me a lot right now is looking at what can agents and brokers do 
that is not tied to commission earned on a policy premium. Right. Right? That's right. So redefining products and services. All and day. again, technology certainly can be an enabler to that. Yeah. And that may be fee-based, and I know a lot of agents and brokers do maybe risk management services or loss control services, and that's certainly a place to start. And again, here's where regulation comes back in, by the way, in terms of what they can do you know, in various states. And that may be where regulators need to rethink the reasons they have those regulations in place in the first place, right. right? One of the thoughts I threw out, and I'm going to throw out to, to uh, those listening here, is the question that I'm wrestling with, is technology changing the very nature of insurance? Yes. And my point here is that for hundreds of years, insurance has been indemnification. And that means, as most of you listening know, that means that an insurance policy, a contract, puts the person back into the same financial position they were in prior to the loss. We indemnify them. We, we pay for the damage or the restoration of an accident or a water loss at home or a slip and fall or a wh whatever right. that is. And with technology and the, uh, you know, Internet of Things, the self-driving cars, the uh, inter uh, uh, home, smart homes and buildings, the water leak detectors, the, the uh, machine learning analytics to a deeper dive on all information, the all, the, all the sensor data, yeah. all of those are geared not to indemnification, but prevention. That's right. And that's where I'm wondering, that's a sh complete shift in the nature of insurance. Now. I will acknowledge right up front, we're, you know, catastrophe losses. We don't yet have the technology to, what, what would be the right word? Well, to get I mean, rid of a hurricane. But when you look at like 1900s in Key West, when they got hammered by those, they had like four hours to know a to hurricane know was coming, what's coming, right? Because right. they didn't have the technology. Right. Now we know for days, days. that the loss of life is much different. Your loss of property, maybe not, because you, you can't really move your house. Right. But I mean... I, and I don't know that we'll ever be able to mitigate those kind of large losses, but we will be able to reduce the loss of life. Yes, you know? and, and, and I think that's part of my point. So I want to be clear here. I'm not saying all policies will go away because right. I don't think that'll happen, but I think as we look to the future and, and, again, thinking through how do I evaluate what's going to happen in the next 5, 10 years, we need to think about some of these other types of... Well, and I think it's an interesting opportunity for brokers to create synergistic relationships with all these insurtech firms. Like, I met one at ITC called Notion that just signed an agreement with Hippo. And it is a... Who's Hippo? Hippo is a home insurer, uh -huh. online okay. portal, digital, full digital. Um, and the pitch was you can get your home insurance and we'll give you the Notion kit, which retails for like 200 bucks on Amazon. Or it's three sensors with all this different stuff on it. The thought being that those sensors will help keep you safe. Yes. And that's not coming from a carrier. That is a broker relationship that you could have. Yeah. So because I, I believe that the carriers are in a better capital and um, R&D place to be able to, to spend money on that. But if we look for those strategic partnerships like a notion or the, there's multitudes of those that are probably out there. But I really thought that that product was something that a, a progressive insurance agent could say, yes, I, I can use this to upsell and they can get a tangible product for me on a home insurance. Well, and I would say 
Go to your carrier partners right now. Mm -hmm. Ask them, what are you developing? What yeah. are you looking at? What are you working on? How can I be involved? Yeah. Right? Absolutely. What can I, can, can I get some of that data? That's right. Uh, I don't data. know what I'm going to do with it yet. Take but your let's, seat. Get your seat get at your the table. Get your seat that's at right. the table. That's yeah, right. you said that really clearly, and I think that's really important. Um, so step five is just refine. So this is an iterative process. This Absolutely. is an ongoing process. And, you know, the phrase I use a lot is that there's a risk of action, there's a risk of doing something. I think in today's world, there's a greater risk of not doing something. Mm -hmm. Sitting back, of not of going, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I'm a small agency. And all of those are real factors, but that doesn't mean you can't partner. Well, that's right. Maybe man. with an outside firm, maybe with your carrier. That's right. Maybe with your broker and management system platform. But start asking the questions of, of what I can do. So you'll never find the time for all the things you could do or should do. So what you need in this process is really, and I would make a list. Here's all the stuff I want to do. Here's all the stuff I think could really help our clients. I, it could help our organization. And then come down to here's what I must do. Right. And then start working on that must do. And, and keep that could do, should do, because... The must-dos are going to get done, and you can add more stuff to it. That's right. But you've got to manage that time. You cannot do it all. It will never work. And I thought it was a telling thing when Reagan was talking about the second main factor for M&A <clears throat> was pushing because of the lack of capabilities of agencies. Yes. Right. As they look forward, they're like, oh, my God, we're so far behind. We're so far behind. How can we catch up? Yep. So as you look at we know that that technological advancement is happening You've got to. You, either that or you're kind of giving up and saying, mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to be out of it. Mm -hmm. So step six, final step, is rapid execution. Mm -hmm. um, and again, another Amazon leadership principle is to default to action, meaning if there's a question, we default to taking action. And that's completely opposite to what I think the mindset is in most agents and brokers, which is, oh, we default to wait. More information, research, we got to test, we got, no, we default to action. And part of what Amazon's thinking is, is they, they identify two types of decisions that leaders make. And one decision is those decisions that you have to make that are irreversible. And their viewpoint is, there are very few of those. Mm -hmm. And when we identify that this is a major shift decision, we take that very slowly and we move that up very high in the organization. But their view is that most decisions are reversible. Meaning, if I go through the door, I can walk back, sure. right? If it doesn't work, that's the experiment, that's test, that's, let's try it and see, who knows? Mm -hmm. I, I, we don't know what's gonna happen. And more information's not gonna help us make a better decision, so let's move, we just try it to action. Yeah, let's just try it. Let's try it. We're gonna learn so much <clears throat> through the trial and error process. Yep, yeah. exactly. So I got this quote from uh, Jeff Bezos. At Amazon, we have to grow the size of our failures as the size of our company grows. We have to make bigger and bigger failures. Otherwise, none of our failures will be needle movers. Mm -hmm. And I could point to all kinds of examples there of failures. I mean, I, the biggest one probably is the Fire Phone. You may not know because nobody actually bought it. <laughs> that was the failure. They, they developed a phone, a smartphone, like a $182 million write-off. Big failure. What they learned from that hardware they took and put into 
the Amazon Alexa Echo, mm -hmm. right? So Alexa's really the machine learning stuff, the Echo's the hardware, you know, that does it. And I, I'm pretty fascinated by even the hardware. But failure, absolutely, but then learning, oh, right? And iterating and taking that and, and knowing what to do and where to go next. So how do you put all this together? Look at hard trends, create an innovation culture, uh, create rewards, create contests, create a mechanism, give people something for submitting ideas that you actually implement. And maybe it's money, maybe it's a day off, maybe it's a day at the spa, maybe it's dinner and movie for the, you know, a date night. I, I don't know, there's so many options out there. But reward people for thinking about how to make their job better, not just for them, right, but for their customers. Mm -hmm. How to take friction out of the, as I say, the, the transaction. So I'll leave you with this quote, if it can be done, it will be done. If you don't do it, somebody else will. And we are seeing that, that over and over again. So again, the, the six steps, first, hard trends, second, transforming processes, third, cultivate uh, curiosity, fourth, redefine and reinvent products and services, five, refine that, continually refine that process, and then six is default to action, rapid execution, and continue to iterate that process. So for me, that's a way to come up with, okay, how do we make sense of all of, of the stuff that How do we we're attack hearing? it, right? How, it's how, how do we, we attack, attack it? it? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think that if your organization can bring that process into a management team and sit down and say, are we doing any of this stuff? Even that conversation puts you ahead of the game. Right. Because I, cause while there were a lot of agencies at EMP, there were a lot more that didn't go to EMP. Oh, yeah. Right? Now, and out of the... However many. However many thousands, literally, of people here, there were probably, what, 100, 150, maybe? Yeah, 100, something like that, yeah. Something like that. So, but cream are the ones who recognize they need to move forward. So, Have an awareness you now. know, those of you listening, I mean, take that proactive step. Default to action, default to doing something, default to getting maybe just a couple of people together right now in your organization and start talking through this. Change the steps if they don't work for you, but start thinking strategically, not just taking in all this stuff, but have a way to filter through and how it's going to impact your organization. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think an easy way to do it is get problems. Once you get your problems. Yeah, what, what problems do you need to solve? That's right, because I mean, you, you know, you're then, once you get your problems, you can look at your trends and you can kind of say, okay, based on what we think is happening, this is how we, our options for solving them. And so I think from a tactical standpoint, that is an easy way to start the process. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're sitting in a boardroom with your management team and you guys are all thinking about how do we do this? It's not that complicated. Right. You know, you can just dive right in. Yep. You don't need a 15 page strategic plan to start. No, absolutely. At some point, maybe. That's right. But don't wait. That's right. Just, right. just, just don't wait. Give it a shot. All right. Good Sounds stuff. good. Ryan, always great talking with you. And uh, thank you uh, to all of you who might be listening to this. We really appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to us. And uh, we really would appreciate uh, two things. One is, if you like the podcast, uh, go rate it on wherever you uh, get the uh, access to the podcast. And let other people know, because just like other search stuff, uh, the more ratings we get, the 
better able, others are able to discover uh, this, uh, this show. Uh, and two, give us feedback. Uh, what do you think? What are your questions? What topics could we address that are top of mind for you? What problems are you trying to solve that we might have at least a perspective on that uh, could help you with that. So we'd love to have your feedback. And uh, thank you to Indio Technologies for sponsoring this podcast. They're a great company. I encourage you to take a look at their uh, platform for streamlining and taking the friction out of customer interactions with applications and forms and all of that stuff. That's a great example of why are we still doing it that way. Well, Indio has a an option for uh, making that process much better and much easier. Uh, so if you need more information, go to their website at usendio.com. Thanks, everybody. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Send us your questions and comments, and if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio Software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. To learn why over a thousand agents use Indio, go to www.useindio.com/podcast.